What up, what up? Back at it again. Real Fans Podcast. Here to bring you news from the fans' perspective. I'm your boy, Gabe. That's Julian. Right there. Julian. Right here. What's up, people? What's up, what's up, what's up? Lots of stuff going on. We're in the middle of uh, NBA playoffs. We're going to talk about uh, a little, you know, we always got to talk about NFL because NFL is always making news. NHL. Uh, a little soccer talk, but let's start with uh, the NBA uh, games because we had two games played. Uh, middle of a series right now where I think uh, the Golden State Warriors are up. They're three. I think the series is 3-2. Uh, they're playing tonight, actually, game six in Boston. But let's recap game four, game five. Um, Julian, I don't know how much of uh, the games you've been watching, um, but I have thoughts on both game four and game five. Let me. Uh, what, do, what do you have so far in the series? Uh, yeah, I mean... I I did not expect uh Warriors to win two games away. I mean um not two games away. Uh to to take the lead back. Um I guess getting that getting those road wins are so huge obviously. Um and I don't think I've ever seen so many road wins in a season uh in the playoffs like this in a long time. At least that I can think of at the top of my head. Usually man home court is just run supreme and like this series, this whole like season playoff season so far is just like doesn't even matter, man. You're seeing so many teams losing at home, and uh, yeah, and we'll see if Warriors can close it away. Um, I don't think so. I see this going to game seven personally. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think, Gabe? What's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, so I, I watched uh, both games, game four, game five. Um, game four was pretty, it was pretty ugly. Um, I think Boston had the lead up uh, going into the second half, um, but they had a that second and third quarter is kind of the transition uh, when Ghost State kind of took over. Um, my takeaway from Game Four, uh, I saw Steph tired. He looked like tired. He was putting up bricks. I think it was one of his worst shooting games uh, of the playoffs of the series. Uh, definitely it was series. Um, I saw Jason Tatum tired as hell. Um, um, so game four was pretty awful to watch because uh, I think I ended up losing. Let me look at the score because I got to remember what the score was. Uh, 107 to 97. Yeah, that Oops. game. So, and it's weird because games now, you know, 20 point in leads. When, when team goes up and they're going to run, there's a 20 point lead in the middle of the series. Like in the NBA, you can't, you can't like fall asleep. Like, like oh, this game's over. It's over at halftime. Like not really. Like teams go on 20 point runs, 24 point runs. Uh, and they're able to come back and, and make it competitive. Um, game four, I feel like Boston had that first that first quarter. Um, then that second and third, Ghost State took over, although they looked tired and they were playing pretty bad. Draymond Green was awful. Um, and Ghost State pulled it out. Um, it's a pretty ugly game, game four. Game five was a little bit more competitive. Uh, I, I want to say competitive. Ghost State, they're obviously they're playing at home game five. Um they were able to shoot better. They came out the gate better, uh, you know, scoring, scoring more. Uh, I don't think, I don't think the Boston Celtics like tied the game till like halftime or, or like almost the start of the third quarter. It was like um, they didn't take a, a lead till till late. Um, and Golden State played more complete. I think in the series, what we're seeing is um, uh, Golden State's a little bit deeper. Um, Golden State's playing a little bit deeper. I, I think they're going deeper in their roster a little bit, like one or two extra guys. Um, with the Boston Celtics, it's like their starters are their starters. They're playing their five guys, and you know they have a, one or two guys that come in to sub, and and that's it. Um, so I think Boston has to play 
Um, Boston's a more complete team in my eyes. Like they they play better complete basketball as far as defensive and offensively. But Golden State is just finding a way. I think they have Golden State has you know a couple more options than uh, uh, than than the Celtics uh, Celtics do. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. If there's there's not really anybody to blame. It's just I think Golden State somehow. I I feel like Steph Curry is like dragging. So your boy Draymond Green dropped two points in Game Four. <laughs> yeah, no, he's playing god awful. It was awful. It was bad. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I think I think Golden State. I think Steph Curry is going to drag. He's going to all this talk about him not being. Oh, he actually uh, real quick. Draymond Green had a big game. Yeah. Uh, game five, eight points, big game. I mean, the guy dominant. was dominant. The guy was dominating. He was. <laughs> <laughs> he was eating with his seven <laughs> rebounds and eight points. Fucking eating, um, bro. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like Steph Curry's dragging the Warriors. <laughs> like, Draymond, I've seen a better Draymond. And, uh, you know, I don't think of Draymond's an offensive guy. Like, obviously, he's defensive first. Bro, seven score. rebounds? But, Andrew um, Wiggins had 13 rebounds in game five. That's another thing, too. Not, well, that's what I'm saying when, you know, Andrew Wiggins, like, Andrew Wiggins off the bench is to give him more help, you know. Uh, you can argue that Andrew Wiggins might be, am I going to say it? Might be their second or third best player for, for oh, the most right now. That's I would say so. Fair. I mean, at least third. Yeah, at least third. At, at least, least third. third. I mean, who else are you going to put up there? And, Draymond you know, has been dropping, averaging like what five points a game. Like this. Whole I'm not. I'm not going to be here to give you the Andrew Wiggins gospel because I don't. I think <laughs> Andrew Wiggins is just a little, another player. A lot of people, you know, they try to uh, put him on a pedestal or try to lift him up to some. He's a product of the team that he's on. Yeah, I, I think he, he's a fine player. Like he's a decent NBA player, but we see like what you can do when you when you t- you know take that second that secondary role that or tertiary role where you don't have to be the main guy. Right? You, you don't have to be the guy. There's no pressure on you. Nobody's expecting you to do anything. You just play basketball. Like you see how you know pretty good players can can uh, accelerate or can can rise to the occasion, right? Because there's no pressure on him. Nobody is expecting Andrew Wiggins to put up forty. You know what I mean? If he does, or he puts up, you know, 26, he puts up 30, it's like, oh, wow, look at him. He's coming off the bench, giving points or whatever. Um, so that's uh, that's okay. That's kind of a little surprise, I guess, of, of, of the series so far of, of Golden State is uh, Andrew Wiggins actually playing pretty well. That, I mean, that's kind of a surprise. Um, it's weird. So you talk about uh, Game 7. You think this is a game pushed to Game 7? Because they're playing tonight. Like I said, they're playing in Boston. Uh, on the road. Golden State is on the road in Boston. Game 6. They could close it out. Um, I could see a scenario where um, Golden State get pushed to Game 7. Um, because I, I still think so, the Celtics have the answer. Like, they, they play well defensively. You know what I mean? Like, um, Robert Williams is so huge for them, the center, uh, for the Celtics. He's so big for them. Um, I do think they play well. They play well zoned. They play well switching. Uh, Yudoka is a, a master at adjusting. Um, they, I think they do have the they have the code to unlock the Golden State Warriors. This is not the Golden State Warriors old. This is not like a a super scary team. Um, they have we seen them beat them. Uh, and man, it's just it's tough. I don't know. How do you feel about like home teams? Like I, I, it's always tough for me in the playoffs to be like bet against the home team. But like you said earlier, we've seen so many wins on the road. Like how like. I don't know how you feel about the NBA playoffs overall uh, with road teams winning so much with games being blown out. It seems like, you know, if you lose, you lose by 30. It's not like really any close games. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't don't know how you feel about that. 
Yeah, I mean, it is kind of crazy like how it's been like that. And I don't know if it's just really just a product of where the league is now, where it's just becoming an offensive, like a primarily offensive league. So it's like you're getting in those situations where you're losing by 30s because maybe your team's just having an off day and then you're not really putting forward the defense that needs to be done to prevent such a large blowout. You know what I mean? So I don't know if maybe that could be playing a factor, just the era that we live in where people just want to shoot constantly. That could be a thought. I don't know how what's the how true that could possibly be. But yeah, I mean, I just I, I do enjoy though how seeing that like kind of how many upsets have been on the on the road for uh for how many upsets for the um the road teams have been. Um, it makes it a little bit more interesting. It makes it kind of feel like you don't know who's necessarily going to win versus before it's like home court advantage is so big. Like how many series have we seen like go to game seven and every single win was a home was from the home team. I've seen that countless times. And uh, like I said, I think it makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, but I do think in this case, Boston's going to bounce back. Um, but <sighs> I don't know. It's going to be tough because I said this even before the series. It's like if you can't stop Steph, I don't know what Boston can do. If yeah. you, if you can't stop the shooting and if they get hot, I don't know what you can do to stop them. Like you just you, unless you just and, tighten and up. I mean, they I, did. They did in Game Four. They definitely did. Like he did not shoot well in Game Four, and you know the Warriors still pulled it out. Um, so that's what I said. Like I've seen. I think they have the code to. To unlock the Warriors, they have the code to beat the Warriors. Um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. I, I, I think Tatum is a good guy, is a guy, a nice to have. He is definitely their best offensive worker. Um, but like I said, I've, I've seen him put up bricks. Um, the funny weird, thing is, like you said, they stopped you know, Steph, but Steph still dropped twenty nine points. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Tatum, Tatum shoots well. He shoots well from three. He has this weird thing where he like shoots mid, like mid. Uh, he has this weird mid game. It's like this. Uh, I think I saw a stat something that he hasn't dunked or attempted a dunk this entire series or something. Like you, you haven't seen him dunk. You seen alley oops. You see or whatever. Uh, you seen uh, not alley oops. Uh, you seen him drive and uh, throw up a floater or whatever. Uh, but you haven't seen him dunk it. So like his game is not definitely down. Uh, uh, you know mid game outside the little um, outside the paint. Uh, which is weird because Boston is the, physically the bigger team, right? Like Steph Curry is like what six three or something. All, all these guys are like six six, six, foot, six, yeah. six one or something like that. No, no, he's a little taller than that. Um, no, so I'm it, telling you, it, it's weird that um, uh, you know, Boston is definitely the bigger team. They're physically the bigger team. Uh, I think they play better. Six defense. two, we're in the middle. Oh, okay, whatever. It's six two, six three. I think you know they kind of lie on those stats a little bit on the uh, bio. Um, so. <laughs> So it's weird. Like uh, he he has a weird mid game. Uh, Tatum is their best offensive guy, um, but I don't think he's getting any help. I don't. I think Jalen Brown's a little bit overrated. I'm sorry. I think he's a little bit over. He's just like to me. He's just a regular guy. He's not really that special. Um, he does help them out. He's like a good you know Chris Middleton type. You know to your Giannis, which I'm not. I'm not gonna say Tatum is Giannis. I'm just saying for a number two, Brown's okay. But that's what I said. Like I think. I mean that's Rob- the Celtics' mo though. Is how many of them are like. Special, and besides Tatum, Tatum, I mean, Tatum, Tatum took the step this year, and I think you know, yeah, this is time to prove. I it. mean, but besides him, like, 
do you yeah. want to throw Marcus Smart in there? Is he special to you? Like, I think I'm, I'm not saying Marcus. Oh, I do not like Marcus Smart. I think he's one of the dumbest players. He's the most annoying player to watch. One of them, but he might be their second best player on the Celtics. Um, you know, I'm not, as much as I want to hate him, I mean, he is. He is. I mean, he played a factor coming back after being gone against the Heat. He does shoot well. He does, you know, play defense. I'm not saying he's a fucking deep boy, as some people want to raise him to, but he does play well on both sides of the ball for them. He he's good on three. Ain't no Draymond. Yeah, he he doesn't. Uh, he's not. <laughs> he's not. He's not disappearing. Maybe you know, he'll put up some bricks, but he's not disappearing. Like he's definitely productive for, for the team or whatever. Um. So it's it's weird. Um. So let's talk about Game Six tonight. You think they're going to Game Seven? You think Boston's going to hold it at home, and uh, send them or what? Yeah, I think Boston's going to hold it. At, at the end of the day, I'm, I get that road teams have been like I said. I think it's been exciting seeing road road teams win. Um, but I just think it's one of those moments where it's, obviously it's winter go home and you're, you're home right now. So I, I think they close it out and it's been alternating the whole series. So no one's one back to back. So this is the, if it follows that trend, Boston should win, uh, tonight, but yeah, I mean, I just, I have a feeling it's going to go to game seven. I don't think. Golden State's going to close it out here. I think they're going to obviously, like you know, when your back's to the wall, they're just going to. I'd imagine they're going to tighten up. I mean, this has been a relatively low-scoring series, like low one hundreds compared to the rest of the the playoffs, um, which is kind of what I expected from a Celtics team. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I just like I like Boston at home, knowing that they have to win. And looking up, I just looked it up on FanDuel. I think uh, Boston's the favorite, three and a half points. They're the favorite to win by three and a half points. I would take that. Uh, man, you really? I mean, let me see the plus. I mean, line. three and a half points is essentially just like minus 14, they're going to win. 14, minus 114. I mean, that's not real lot. They're, they're saying it's going to be. I mean, yeah, it's not a, not a huge odds, but like plus, plus uh, I mean, minus three is like they're basically saying they're just going to win the game. Like, that's so yeah, close. Man. My gut feeling is always to go with the home team, but man, we've soon seen so many road disappointments. I wouldn't uh, be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised seeing Golden State win. I'll say that. I'm, I'm going to stick with my previous prediction: Warriors and six. That's what I said at the beginning of the series. I think the Warriors can pull out a they can pull out a win in Boston. Warriors, uh, tonight. Warriors and Warriors six. six. Okay, uh, I'm not a fan of either team. I definitely want to see the Boston Celtics lose. Especially, it'd be delicious if they lose at home. That'll be delicious. Delicious you know, thing that they beat my my Miami Heat at home. Yeah. I've seen them get their stupid awards. Larry Bryan, <laughs> Bob Cousy, whatever the fuck, like random ass <laughs> awards that they always make. It's like in college football, like you always see like these random ass awards, and it's just like the number one community driven player in Northwest Arkansas, the Jim. Uh, Ford Jim Smith Award, like some random shit. It's always a, but um, let's go switch over to the uh other finals that are going on right now, and on the ice, and as the NHL Stanley Cup Finals going on this now. Did you were you able to catch the game last night? No, I was able. No, I wasn't able to catch the game. Or was it last night? Am I crazy? Yeah, I didn't. You didn't watch. I know the series starts because they played. No, they played. Yeah, they did play last night. They only did they game one. It was. Uh, yeah, it was only game one. They just started. Um, 
Uh, but the Avalanche coming in, I think they were the team of the West. Yeah, it was last night. I knew I wasn't heard, crazy. I knew. <laughs> I think I've heard the Avalanche compared to like what the Florida Panthers should be in the East is what the Avalanche are in the West. Um, they yeah. score a ton. Uh, they score a lot. Um, uh, they've been dominant all year. So like, this is not a surprise for Colorado yeah. Avalanche to be in there. Tampa Even Bay last also, year. Tampa Bay Lightning have also played very well. So uh, they're very deserving to be there. They, uh, you know, I think I was talking to uh, my family. Uh, I was talking to my uncle who has uh, season tickets. And I was like, I mean, the Lightning, they're just, they're just good. I mean, this is one of the greatest like dynasties, hockey dynasties, uh, Florida, Florida dynasties. Uh, that there is, they're they're obviously showing up. Their third was it third? They went back to back, so this is their third one in a row. This is for the three P. It'd be the first time in NHL history that a team hits a three P, which is pretty crazy because they were also injured. They weren't they weren't playing. I thought last year's team was really good because they were and they were down. They're in yeah. against the Rangers. They were down three two, and against the uh, Maple Leafs, they're down three two. I mean, they swept the Panthers, but outside of that, they've been down throughout the playoffs. Like I said, besides the the beating they put on the cats, but yeah. I mean, I mean, like you said, the Avalanche have been like getting like I don't know what it is about the media, but they've been dick riding the Avalanche like the past two years. Avalanche have been really good these past two years, um, and you know they they just love them. I me personally, I'm kind of rooting for the Lightning, even though the Lightning is our rivals as a Panthers fan. Um, I still want a Florida team to win it. And uh, like I said, it's it, if they win, I mean, this is history being made. The first team ever to hit a three-peat in, uh, in hockey. And we've talked about before, I mean, how difficult it is to do that in this sport. Because, like, how many times do you see upsets in this sport? I mean, you, you see it all the time. I mean, look, that, they swept the Panthers, who were the rank, number one ranked seed. Yeah. The, Pan, the, the Lightning were four, I believe. So it's like, it, it's, it's wild. Yeah. Like they're 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 even like there at this point, but if you're if you've been following them, you know you're just you're not surprised. I mean, at the end of the day, they're they're a really strong team. Um, they're one of those teams that really benefited from um, uh, no state income tax for sure. <laughs> Being able to pay players whatever they want and be like, hey, you can come down to Tampa. Then you know that twelve million is going to look a lot better here than it would in Canada. So, so it, it helps them stay competitive. Um, but yeah, the, the game last night was really exciting to watch. I caught the end of it. Um, I didn't get to see the beginning, but I did end up watching the playoffs. I mean, the highlights of it later on, it was a thrilling game. Um, avalanche were up three, one at one point, yeah. And then Tampa came back, uh, with the third goal being a nice, nice deep shot, like a, um, why am I drawing a blank on the, uh, Half ice, the behind the line, behind no. the blue line. A slap shot, slap um, shot. off the off the post and in like that was just a nice just snipe by that guy. It it was it was super. It, it was just a really entertaining match. And then obviously Avalanche ended up taking it in overtime. Um, but yeah, I think we're gonna see a lot of that this this finals. You're gonna see a lot of scoring. It's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a very high powered scoring finals. Um, I'm really excited to see it. These are people probably say these are the best two teams in the league. Um if you take record and rankings out of it, like these are the two like strongest teams in the league and people aren't surprised to see these guys here. Um, so yeah, uh, I would like to see, hopefully Tampa can come out here and, and get that third, uh, that third chip. That'd be wild. 
It, it would be. I mean, it's got to be devastating, right? Because when you come out the gate and you score three three goals, like, out the gate that first period, it's like, God damn, we have two more periods. Like, two more 15 periods. Like, what the fuck? And it's kind of crazy. It's the back-to-back champs. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, fuck. And and it's that's why I said I think I think last year's team Lightning team was was way better because Vasilevsky completely dominated uh, you know the Florida Panthers going into this playoff series you know this guy was on fire um, but then he ran into trouble you know they played the Rangers to get into the finals uh, to the Stanley Cup and um, you know we saw you know there was holes in that armor right because uh, the Rangers were able to score uh, on him and you know. The fact that you come out game one in the Stanley Cup Finals, giving up three in the first period is like, yo, that's tough. That's tough. That's a tough psychologically. That's tough. Like, like you know what I mean? Uh, that's well. Tough it was tough. two. It was two nothing. Um, and then Tampa scored, make it one two, and then Avalanche scored again, make it three one, and then Tampa did two unanswered after that yeah. to get it three three. So I mean, obviously, Lightning made it competitive. Um, oh, man. There's a part of me that doesn't want Tampa to win. Yeah, right. I feel you. I feel but you. But also, I want them to win, so I, at least I can say, oh, well, we lost to the champions again. You know what I mean? Like, they're a three-time champion. They're the dynasty. They're like the Patriots of the fucking – Exactly. Like, I, I, feel, <laughs> I would feel so fine with – like, I'm, I'm perfectly – like, there's a part of me that's like, oh, I want to root for Florida at the end of the day. Um, two, I want to – I think it would be really sick to see, like, a, a three-peat. And then uh, three – I feel less bad about us losing in the back-to-back playoffs uh, to the Lightning, knowing that, like, well, I mean, what are we going to do? That was, a, that was a dynasty team. Like, what, like, what do you want us to do? Like, <laughs> but uh, it's crazy, man. Yeah, man. It's yeah, man. I, like, I, I, I really, man, it really plays a factor too. Like, I'm like, I, I was joking about the the state income tax stuff, but I mean, like, we see it in all kinds of sports. Like, it's a huge advantage that you have here, and you know, it's just so funny to see, like like Canadians get so pissed off that like a Florida team in a place where it doesn't yeah. even snow, people don't give a shit about hockey. I mean, honestly, Tampa's became a big hockey town. Um, last few times I have my girlfriend's uh, family lives up there and we go up there and visit sometimes. And like, yeah, you see the bolt stuff everywhere. And when a game's on, like every single bar is filled with lightning fans. And it's kind of weird to see how Tampa has like turned into like, it's like the green Bay of hockey in in, in the south like it's just like this weird like hockey town that has like just grown such a huge fandom and I, obviously because they've been successful over the past like 20 years you know i don't know how many championships they've won uh in total but yeah i mean tampa's always been good and you know in a city where the rays sucked for a long time and the bucks sucked for a long time i think it just you, you end up getting a they're like, oh, you know what? We're just going to root for the fucking team that's winning. And like, yeah. so. So, a yeah, uh, quick note, fun fact last time a Canadian team, because, you know, there's a bunch of Canadian teams. You have Toronto, you have Edmonton, Calgary, whatever. Last time a Canadian team won was in 1993, the Montreal Canadiens. They beat the LA Kings, uh, I believe. Look, Barry, Barry, Barry Marrows was a coach uh, for the LA Kings. Damn, that's last man, time that is. Did they made it? No, they won. Alaska Canadian oh. Championship. Damn, man, that is crazy. Especially since there's been more Canadian teams, obviously, since then. Because there wasn't as many before that. I mean, they they started slowly adding them. And, man, that is 
That is depressing. That's why they're big mad. Big mad. Last time they came out, Jurassic Park. It was Jurassic Park. It wasn't Jurassic Park. <laughs> the number one is the first one. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, man, it's hard. Like when, especially in those, it's hard to get players to go to Canada, man. I, I, I firmly believe that. Like, I think it's, I think there's more uh, like attractive situations when it comes to fi- from a financial and just also a living standpoint. Like, do you want to live in Edmonton? Like, no offense to Edmonton, but like you can live in Edmonton or you can play for the Rangers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it it's kind of a tough sell unless you're in, like, for the Maple Leafs or uh, the Canadians or uh, the Canucks. But, like, Edmonton and Ottawa and Calgary, it, it, those are those are tough sells to players, I, I feel like. So, uh, but, you know, hockey's international anyways. Like, there's a bunch of Russian guys, Swedish guys. There's guys from all over the world, so. It's a mixed bag, anyways. I mean, you get your Canadian stars still. Just you can't bring it home to Canada, even though. So, Canada's. what's your prediction next game? Game two tomorrow, man. No, you know Saturday. I, I think the Lightning play tough. After a loss, they play tough. I think the Lightning pull it out. Game two. Yep, I agree. I think it's gonna be tied one-one. I'm not gonna um, do the prediction on the series, okay? Like I said, yeah. I want Lightning to lose and win at the same time. I am a di- I live, you know. I'm but a man. I can, I can't even process the series. But I think, Lightning yeah, will, I don't know. They play I tough. I'm, I'm rooting for the Lightning because I just I don't like the way the Avalanche has been treated as like this golden child, and all they talk about is the Avalanche this, Avalanche that, Avalanche this, and they never talk about the fucking Panthers. You never once hear the Panthers being mentioned. Obviously, like you got to make when when it matters in the playoffs. But still, regardless, they were an amazing team that was never talked about. But they just want to talk about the Avalanche constantly. So because of that, and because of the reasons I listed before, I I, I do think this is going to seven. I do think it's going to seven though. Oh man! For sure. Well, you had a I, I just have a feeling it's going to alternate. It's going to go back and forth, back and forth, just alternating wins. But um, yeah. All right, let's transition over. Let's talk a little bit of soccer, soccer talk, because that's what we do on this podcast. You know, we our do. resident soccer expert, Julian. Julian, uh, Apple TV signed a huge contract. Let us let the people know what's going on with the Apple TV. Yeah, so this has been a looming deal for the MLS. So people have been talking about this upcoming deal for the MLS for the past two years, I would say. Um, MLS structured everything with local television rights, national television rights, for everything to end 2023. Um, that was when their main contract was going to end with Fox, ESPN, Univision. It was going to end in 2023. And then they told all teams that don't extend your local TV rights un- um, past 2023. So everything was leading up for this. MLS was gearing up. They were putting together tournaments with Liga MX. They were putting together um, like the MLS Next Pro, which is essentially the developmental league. They're setting up all these things. And I think that for the, and they had this in the back of their mind, planning it as they're putting together these tournaments and these competitions and all these different things to line up, to put together a really attractive deal for a network. Um, And there was a lot of uh, worries that they weren't going to get, they were going in there hoping to get around 300, 350 million dollars a year. Um, as time got closer, they're finding that they're having a hard time getting it, which is kind of which has been tough um, because uh, I think they were looking for a certain thing, and I agreed that they should have. 
So they ended up finding um, Apple TV. Apple TV is, as we know, a new service. It looks like they're trying to get into the sports game. Um, back in March, they announced that they're going to be that they brought MLB with Friday Night Baseball over to Apple TV, and I think this is the next step. Um, MLS, like I said, uh, they they were looking for the right partner. I here's quick reaction of how I feel about the thing. I think everything about this deal is great except for two things. One thing, but it results in a two thing. One thing really is the paywall. That is tough. That is tough. So um, I can pull it up here. Um, I have the uh, article here. Here we go. So Apple and Major League Soccer, it's a 10 years, $2.5 billion um, and at least $250 million a year, which is a lot, at least. And because what MLS and Apple are going to be doing is all games will be streamed exclusively on Apple TV. Every single game, including the upcoming new uh, tournament March Madness between Liga MX and MLS Leagues Cup will be included in there. All MLS games, MLS Next Pro and MLS Next, which is the developmental league. Um, And they're going to run it till 2032. And... they're going to be including a, a whip around a weekly live whip around show, which is essentially like uh, NFL red zone, but for MLS, they're going to be uh, kind of have like a, a pretty much just like a channel of like, you know, programming and other stuff, pregame, postgame, all that stuff. So that to me is great um, because that was something that was severely lacking. Cause I don't know what it is about like ESPN, but ESPN refuses to talk about soccer at all. Like, when was the last time you saw anything soccer on like Sports Center Top Ten or anything? I mean, it's got to be f- women. Like, uh, it's, it's got to be like when is the uh, World Cup or something? I mean, like women's uh, soccer or when the yeah, men. Unless it's unless it's like World Cup stuff. Like, there's not really uh, and it, it, you'll see really a lot of highlights of. And you know what bothers me the most about it? because they signed, and I think it bothered MLS, of course, because they signed like a deal with ESPN and all this stuff, had all their games on ESPN Plus, but they would provide no coverage. They would have no pregame, they would have no postgame. They would run these like pointless women's college basketball matches that like didn't mean anything. It wasn't even March Madness. So run these games over the MLS Cup. The MLS Cup, they were running this game over that. And so there was no <laughs> this past year. And like I, I saw on Twitter, everybody's like pissed because they're like trying to watch it, but they're playing this pointless game that nobody cares about. Uh, it wasn't even March Madness, and it it was it was infuriating. I remember watching it like, what the fuck are they going to change? Like they give no special treatment, and but yet the top ten, you see these amazing plays being played, being made on ESPN, and um, and other uh, like La Liga and all these stuff are signed with ESPN Plus, all these things. But then they'll put like some pointless pop fly in the top 10. And it's like it it, it always bothered me. Um, Fox did a little bit better. Fox would actually have pregames and halftime shows and um, so on and so forth. So Fox put a little bit more effort into it. Um, but this league was uh, it was going to be tough to get this deal because um, so many other networks had their their thing going. So like Fox had the World Cup. And, um, you know, initially NBC has the whole premier league ESPN has, uh, the UFC. they just, the ESPN just paid for 
La Liga, Bundesliga, um, a couple other leagues. Um, Paramount Plus just got for the Champions League. Um, uh, why am I drawing a blank? But essentially, all these other networks had their soccer feel. So they, yeah. they all kind of had their, their budget for soccer. M- NBC being the biggest one, they paid a shit ton of money for the Premier League. So it kind of left MLS in this weird predicament of not knowing where to go when it came to these traditional media companies. So a lot of people were thinking, there was a lot of rumors talking about turn, uh, uh, Time Warner, which is TNT. That could have been interesting. TNT obviously does a really great job with the NBA. Um, obviously, the NBA Tonight Show and the halftimes are great with Chuck Charles, uh, Shaq, and Larry. Um, uh we they do a great job so i was open to that but um a lot of people thought you know maybe amazon prime um people thought apple is a dark horse but uh ended up coming out to be that way and so everything about it's great my one gripe with it is the fucking paywall man it's not just you have to get another subscription service that nobody really has that much of with apple tv it's not just that. You have to then get the MLS package on top of that just to watch games. So there's going to be no local broadcasting on like tr- like your local television. It's all going to be on Apple TV, all of it. doesn't matter if you're in the local market or whatever. The one benefit to that, though, is there's no blackouts, which is awesome. Um, MLS this year and, pre- and, and prior – have been on ESPN plus. And if you're in the local market, you, you can't rewatch the game. So you can't watch the game later on ESPN plus. You can't watch it anywhere on ESPN. If you're not else. And anybody who watches ESPN plus and tries to watch their home team, they'll know what I'm talking about. It blacks it out. because it makes you watch it on the, uh, your local channel, but with Apple TV, there's gonna be no blackouts. So that's great. But man, that paywall fucking sucks. Like, and that's hard. I don't know. And I also find it really hard for them to grab onto new fans if you're setting up this paywall. And they talk about in this article that they're going to add a couple free games for Apple T plus subscribers. So like if you have Apple TV already and you don't have the MLS package, they're going to do some free games. And they're also talking about simulcasting some games to bigger networks. So they're going to be still, there's still going to be some national televised games probably on ESPN or on Fox or whatever else. Um, it's just going to be simulcasted from Apple TV. And the other thing, the final thing that worries me is that Apple TV has been getting a lot of flack for the Friday night baseball stuff. I don't know if you heard about it, but I've been hearing people say the camera angles and the the quality of it looks great, but the commentators are terrible. So hopefully they can improve upon that by the time the 2023 season comes around. But um, I am pumped to see higher quality technology when it comes to uh, watching the game, like seeing better camera angles and and higher definition things, seeing them yeah. take place. I would be interested to see, like what you were saying earlier, like what what does that mean for like broadcasting locally, right? For like regional games or you know home games. Um, obviously, I'm here in Austin now, or if I was in Miami for for Lauderdale uh, FC. Um, like, what does that mean for like locally? Do they still get to keep their guys? Because yeah, Apple owns all the rights, right? They they're gonna be the main streaming thing. But um, what does that mean for the broadcast? I assume that it's gonna be the same. Um, uh, but it's kind of weird because like, what are the premier games? Because right? you know, uh, the premier games always you know always get to the top of 
whatever ESPN, whatever. But you're seeing they're playing all of them all the time for running right with seasons. Like, how do how do we highlight like good matchups or you know LA Galaxy or yeah. New York. Yeah, so so like I said, they're they're working out deals. They don't know what brought what networks yet, but they're working out deals to simulcast. So if if there is a game on ESPN, it is also going to be on Apple TV. So no matter what, every single game will be on Apple TV. They're just working out deals to get it simulcasted on traditional TV. And yeah. you know, I think the person the, the type of consumer you miss out the most is the person who's just scrolling through TV and just happens to come across it and watch it. Yeah. And like if they're already pre-existing soccer fans, because now setting up that paywall, it's like now you have to be an MLS fan to buy that. And there's only, there's going to be only be so many limited ways to do that versus like, for example, like um, my grandfather, he's old school. He doesn't really know technology. He doesn't even know probably Apple TV exists. He probably has no idea what Netflix is, but he watches soccer all the time. And that's the case for a lot of Hispanics like out there who come from countries who watch soccer. Yeah, they watch out there. Uh, Antenna. Yeah. The yeah. And <laughs> right now, currently, the most watched league in this country is Liga MX. This is the Mexican league. It's the most watched league in this country. Um, and a, a lot of those old school Mexican soccer fans, they're not going to know much about Apple TV or all this stuff. And they might not even really watch MLS. Unless it was on one of their basic channels that they already watch where Liga MX also airs. Or if it's like, like a friendly. You know, or like, like a Univision or like a this. I think they're hoping to get some of those Mexican fans with the League's Cup. And that was the whole idea of this League's Cup thing, which is essentially, like I said, a March Madness between the two leagues. And the winner of it gets into the access to the uh, Champions League. Um, so I think they're hoping to drive subscribers that way. Um, but yeah, I think it's... I don't want to give – I don't want to be too worried about it because it depends how many games they're going to simulcast. Like if they're going to simulcast maybe one big game every week, you know what? I'm not upset at that. I'm not upset at that. If they do like one main game on ESPN and ESPN Deportes or like uh, or uh, Univision and like other things, like if they do like once a week, like the big game of the week and it's like that, I wouldn't be entirely too upset at that. But I do think it does kind of hurt for like – the local markets, like, you know, like, you know, like some old Colombian man who works, to, who lives in Miami and he comes across the inner Miami game. Now he's a fan versus like, and you're not going to get him like that through Apple TV. Yeah. Granted, MLS has the youngest consumer base out of all the sports in America. I think the average age is 40 or 39 or something like that. The youngest out of any other league. Um, so they're banking on the fact that because most of their demographic is millennials or Gen Z, but I mean, only time will tell. Obviously I think this, and I heard somebody bring it because direct TV and Sunday ticket are, um, up at the end of this year. And obviously they're going to be looking to leave direct TV. There's no way they're staying on direct TV, the NFL. So this could be, and what a lot of MLS fans are hoping for, or just like fans in general are hoping for that maybe Apple TV comes in the running for that Sunday ticket, because then you're going to get a lot more consumers onto the platform, a lot more chances to kind of expose yourself because if Apple TV gets Sunday ticket, that could, that could help a lot. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see the cool thing that I, I, I hope for the most is this. Hopefully this means the salary cap gets raised because the current TV deal they're on now is paying $90 million a year um, across the league. $90 million, That's nothing. 
and now they're getting at least 250. That's 250 and then they get um, a revenue share of all the subscriptions that they get. So it could go up even higher from 250 and like down the line. So that's a huge jump up from what they were what they are currently getting, which is 90 million a year. So hopefully this means a raise and salary caps, which can mean obviously a raise in higher quality talent internationally, um, being able to sign bigger name players, so on and so forth. But obviously Apple's banking on the future. They're banking on six, uh, uh, American fandom of soccer after this upcoming World Cup 2022. The ratings for MLS always go up after World Cup year. So they're banking on that. And um, the upcoming World Cup that's going to be hosted here in the United States, Mexico, and Canada in 2026. So Apple's banking on MLS and MLS is banking on Apple. They're, 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 they're hoping that uh, things can work out. But I think this is great for the MLS just from a money standpoint to get this cash flow coming in and remain sustainable for the next 10 years for sure. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about the World Cup because uh, obviously it's coming up. Uh, I just looked up the countdown. I got 157 days, 157 days to the World Cup. You know, sadly, the World Cup would be going on right now if it wasn't in Qatar. Yeah. So uh, that's something to look forward to. Obviously, soccer does all this streaming and stuff. Um, what, do, what do you got on the World Cup? What's your preview so far? Do you think this will be the biggest World Cup ever? Or will it just be like whatever? What, what are you looking Man. forward to? I'm hoping that the World Cup's good. So far, I mean, this is looking out to be like the shittiest World Cup ever. I mean, between all the scandals and the cover-ups um, from the location and the building of the stadiums and then every like 10 stadiums being built in like a 10-mile radius uh, and then the World Cup time having to move to the winter instead of traditionally being in the summer. I hope, I hope everything turns out okay. Um, like I said, I, I really hate to see it put in the middle of the season internationally to have in like November and December. Um, But man, I, like I said, I hope, I hope it's good. Um, Yes. Tuesday, my, my countrymen of Costa Rica qualified for the final, the final spot into the world cup. They beat New Zealand in the world cup qualifying playoffs. And now they are in. They placed fourth in the CONCACAF World Cup qualifying, so they had to go and play in a playoff since they didn't get top three. And uh, I, I felt good about this game coming in. I thought they could beat New Zealand, and they did. They scored in the first two minutes, and then they pretty much parked the bus for their next 88, which was the most, nerve- <laughs> which is the most, most nerve-wracking shit. I, I hate this coach, bro. This coach is so annoying. He's done this the whole World Cup qualifying. Instead of just like you know, turn, you know, just like closing out the game, trying to score another one, take the lead, you know, grab the game by its balls and just keep on going. He just, for whatever reason, he loves once we score to fucking park the bus and just, and he's like, and just gives the other team the ball and says, Hey, try to score on us. I don't know why. I understand the ideology of doing that because he wants to prepare us for the actual world cup when it comes, because some people are saying that that group is going to be the group of death because it's Germany, Spain, Japan, and now Costa Rica. So I don't know if it's kind of a tactical standpoint to prepare the Costa Rican team to 
not have the ball for very long because when you play the likes of Spain and Germany, like you're not going to touch the ball. Yeah. Like those are just powerhouses. So I don't know if that's like kind of his idea and the prep. It's like, Hey, look, if we're going to make it any side, any sort of like, how put that pressure, we're going to win any sort of game and World Cup. we're going to have to just score and just, just sit back because this, these teams are just, they're more class than us. They're going to have way more training and more fun. Like they're just higher quality players. So we're going to have to be tight defensively, the tight as possible, and then be ready to hit the fast break and the transition and just score one and then just hold it. So, but yeah, I am super pumped. Um, it was the most nerve wracking game. San Jose, I was seeing photos from, um, from all over San Jose on Instagram and Twitter and like the the streets are wild. It's packed. Like they made it. They're making this is their third consecutive World Cup, um, and uh, this is going to be the. F- and I'm also was just enjoying it too because I will say this is going to be the first World Cup where it actually means something to get into. Because in 2026, the World Cup is going to be expanded to 48 teams instead of 24, which it currently is. And to get in the World Cup now, like it's tough. Like it's really tough. Uh, I mean, like ask Italy. Italy didn't even make the World Cup these past two years, and they're one of the. They just won the Euro Championship. Mind-boggling how that happened. How they win the Euros, but they can't even get into the qualify for the World Cup. But it, it's it's going to be the last World Cup where it actually means something to get in. Um, versus when it gets expanded, like at this point, where Costa Rica is in Concacaf, like. They're going to make it no matter what. It's going to open up the door for more countries that weren't as good, like the El Salvador's, the Honduras, the Haiti's, the Jamaica's, um, so on and so forth around the world. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to enjoy this game. I was like, you know what? Now I feel like I feel like I deserve to be there. And, uh, yeah, I'm super pumped that they're now. Hopefully they can uh, squeeze out and get a couple of upsets. But uh, Gabe, you pumped for the World Cup? I mean, it's 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 fine, it's fine. Like I'm not super. Uh, I'll watch it definitely. Um, to you know, because obviously we need to do it for the show. We need we need we need content here. Um, <laughs> but World Cup, it, it'll be you know, it's off to the side a little bit. You know, especially it's going to go on later in the year. It's, you know, we have a few more months till it's yeah. actually so, Um It'll it'll be fine. You know, once it'll be something we talk about down the line, but. It's whatever. I feel like the U.S. is definitely, you know, the men's team, not really the greatest uh, historically. They're going to go against England. Um, but this is the greatest generation ever. This is supposedly the golden generation. We have more players in Europe than ever before. The whole starting lineups here playing European clubs and top power five clubs. I mean, power five leagues. This is supposed to be the greatest team ever made. But the problem is they were extremely young. They all I mean, range from 18 to 22. So we're looking it, at 2026. Do it in the playoffs. I mean, uh, the men's team is so disappointing. They've historically been terrible. So it, it's we'll see. They just we'll, played we'll in Austin. I don't know if you saw. I mean, they, they just played in Austin like a couple of days ago for a, a, a warm-up game. But, I, you know, the one thing I, I do like, and I heard uh, Colin Coward mention, he's like, the one thing I that is so great about the U.S. and its involvement in the World Cup is I feel like it is the – and he said it perfectly. It's the only thing – and this is going to sound like American elitism or whatever, but like it's the only thing where we can actually feel like we're the underdogs. Okay. 
That's the only <laughs> thing. Because can... we pretty much dominate other sports. What a basketball. We're supposed to be good in basketball. I mean, we saw baseball, the, Olympic. the Olympics. I mean, baseball. we pretty much are always top three in the amount of gold medals. Like, if not, like we are number one. It is the the one thing that, like, you know, this is the shit the rest of the world's get at. But we, you can actually feel like underdogs. Like, you know what I mean? And uh, you find you feel that come up. Like, all right, we're, we're on the come up. Like I said, this is the golden generation. The only problem is they're just too young right now, but they're going to get much needed experience for when the big one happens in home, in home ground 2026. That's going to be the run that they can hopefully make yeah. it farther and at least make it to the semifinals. But we'll see. That's four years down the line. But uh, yeah, I think it's the, the timing of the World Cup sucks this time, too, only from an American perspective is that it's going to be going on at the same time as like football and uh, all our other sports and whatnot. But, um, but the time change, everything's going to be in the morning anyways. So, yeah. which is going to be annoying. I hate it when they do shit like cross country. It's like, fuck, now I got to get up early. It's running in the middle yeah. of the night. I think there was uh, recently a, six, a F1 race uh, that was like 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, B- uh, Baku, yeah, I was watching. I watched it. Well, this one actually wasn't that bad. I watched that. like That was like at 10 a.m. That wasn't that bad because I, I usually wake up kind of early. So those aren't. Saturday, bad. Or like the Tokyo, Monday, the, the Tokyo Olympics, uh, like that, I didn't even watch those because it's like that was literally going on in the middle of the night. At, yeah. Yeah, I didn't care enough to get up in the middle of the night to watch They'll replay it. NBC will replay it anyway. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, so, yeah, that's it for soccer. Let's finish up because uh, with the NFL news because the NFL is always making news, even though we haven't seen a game in months. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Panthers. Uh, uh, they try to finalize a trade for Baker Mayfield. Uh, how do you feel, Julian, about Baker Mayfield? trying to finalize a trade to the Carolina Panthers. Does this make sense to you? Uh, I mean, it makes sense to me. What, what are the Panthers going to do? They're going to throw out Sam, Sam Darnold, the man who sees go- the ghost hunter. They're going to throw <laughs> him out there again. <laughs> like, what, like, like, like for real, like, what are you going to do? You want to resign cam? Like what? Like, I don't, I, I think Matt rules done. I think this is his last straw. Like if he doesn't win here, Matt, Matt rule has had the longest leash one of the longest leashes in the league. Like um, he's been scapegoating all those coaches. Uh, this is a hell Mary. I Baker's better than what they have. Is it going to take them over? The, the, they're not going to win the division with Baker. You're not going to get over Tampa. You might get second place. You can maybe, maybe squeeze for a wild card. Like Panthers are one of those teams where I feel like they don't know what they want to do next. They don't know if they want to rebuild. Or if they want to go try to bolster their roster and go for a playoff run. They're like one of those teams that's like in that weird middle where they got some good players and some veterans who can play. But there's also have a lot of players that are just kind of mediocre. And I feel like that's a worse situation to be in than just being a team that's just rebuilding. Like at that point, I'm like, what are we doing here, man? Well, we're going to win six games. Yeah. We're a team that's built. What are we going to do here? Sell the fucking house. It's like, it's like a uh, Seahawks. Seahawks are going to be in that same ballpark. It's like, you're like trying to like true lock and like, and then you have DK Metcalf and the defense, like 
just just sell the fucking house, man. Just just tear that shit down, restart, get a better foundation. I feel like Panthers and Matt Rule. Obviously, Matt Rule's gonna he he's been in the league for a few years now, so he and he hasn't been successful. So he's going to do whatever it takes to at least make the playoffs this upcoming year. But I think he knows and maybe all Panthers fans. And I haven't talked to any Panthers fans what they think. If you're a Panthers fan, let me know. Um, I just think they just need to reset, man. Just, just tear that shit down. Obviously, they're not going to because Matt Rule still needs a job. <laughs> but yeah. what do you think? I mean, it's fine. Like, it's, it's. I think it's kind of weird on the Browns uh, how, you know, when all this shit went down, they were trading for Watson, whatever. You know, Baker, Baker Mayfield went on Instagram or whatever and gave his goodbyes, and then the Browns are like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, but no, it's like goodbye. Yeah, we're not gonna trade. Yeah, the Browns are doing them dirty. I will say. Yeah. Well, like, why? What? What is all this pomp and circumstance? I don't know. It's weird. We knew that if you know you're trading for Watson, you're you're giving your fucking the whole house and the kitchen sink for Watson. They're pretty much you're giving up on Baker Mayfield, so why why act like no no we do like you we want you here? Like, no, they want their cake <laughs> and eat it too. Like they because they're they're still unsure about the Watson thing. I mean, obviously we're not gonna talk about, it, but they had like another two alleg. Now there's twenty six like, allegations George. on this motherfucker. So, so like um, they still don't know what's gonna happen with them. So they want to hold on to Baker, but that they don't. If it wasn't for the legal situation, maybe they get rid of him. But it's like uh, so, like you said, so they so want the their Browns, cake and eat it. I think the Browns did, did make him feel pretty dirty. Um, he's done nothing but play, play through injuries, play hard for them. Try not to give too many excuses. Um, so it, it, you know, if this is finalized, he gets through. Then uh, you know, then good for. I feel pretty good for Baker Mayfield. Um, like I said, I think he's still starting this league. He's probably the bottom two uh, starter in the league. But I still think he can start. Um, and if you're going to go to Carolina, like, who cares? It's like a last chance you or some shit. Uh, it's uh, like nobody's <laughs> last expecting, chance you nobody's NFL. Much. Nobody's expecting the Panthers to fucking win a Super Bowl this year. So whatever. Just go there, play, get your money, get paid. Uh, yeah. It, it's fine. Like I, I feel good for, for Baker Mayfield. Um, uh, what was, was there any details that they were trying to, like, did they say any final details of, like, what they're giving up? Was it a lot? Well, they just said that it's just leaks. It's not even like for certain if that's going to happen. Like, I was there was leaks saying that um, they're urgently trying to get a deal done. But I think there's two factors playing into that. Like, I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers really want them. Um, but I think the thing that's really holding it up is the Browns don't know what to do because you yeah. go all in on Watson, like bro, you're, you're you 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 you're playing a risky you game. You sold your soul, and you are all in. When you gave him the highest big contract, the guy hasn't played in a year and a half, and you gave him the highest big contract. You are all in. So go ahead, just you made the bed, lay in it, sleep in it, enjoy the smells, enjoy the pillows. You 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 got Watson, okay? You you did that. Um, so. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That like, <laughs> you, they want Baker's reinsurance, but I don't blame Baker for let Baker just be like, "Yo, like, fucking trade me, get like, the, out you, of here, yeah, like, like, get me out of here." Like, you, you really, you really, like, you really gonna do that shit? You like completely just like threw me to the trash, rightfully so, maybe some would say. Um, but I mean, do you think from a Panthers perspective, this is good for the Panthers, or do you think like what I said, like? Just tear that shit down. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, I mean, the Panthers, I mean, there's not really a lot of high prospects. I mean, their best offensive players, Robbie Anderson, that's it. 
Um, I don't like I said. I don't think the they're ghost win of Christian McCaffrey. Games. You mean if they win six games, that'll be a success. Like they, there's not really much going on. I'm not high on Carolina uh, trying to compete. Like so, whatever. Throw throw spaghetti against the wall. See if it sticks. Uh, I don't know. See see uh, if you can make moves. Whatever. I, I would be I would be happier to see Baker Mayfield get out of there because obviously he's upset. Yeah, I just feel like from a Panthers perspective. Are they in any position to give away picks for a mediocre quarterback? I just feel like they're not a team that's in position to do that. And like I said, it's only because Matt Rule is going for a Hail Mary to keep his job. He needs he obviously doesn't have a quarterback. The team's not super deep or that strong. Without Christian McCaffrey, they're nothing. Um, and who knows if he's ever going to be healthy again. I heard reports that they were trying to trade him and it's just like, man, if I was the GM, I would have just got written Matt rule. I just like, nothing was working there. Like, I don't understand why keep him. Uh, I get that it was only two seasons, but like there was no sense of progress for the Panthers. Like I felt like watching the Panthers, there was, there's no progress being made. It still doesn't look like there's really progress being made. Um, and do you, do you really want to be in a position where you're going to give away three picks, three middle round picks for a team that's already lacking depth and talent? Like, I just don't think that's very, for a mediocre quarterback, I just don't think that's smart business. I was like, I think they're just in a situation where they just need to tear, tear down because you're not a playoff team. You're just a middling team that's going to pick 10th in the draft every year. Do you want to be that? I, I've been a part of those teams. I followed a team that's been picking fifth and sixth to <laughs> fifth to twelfth, like every single year. There's nothing that gets done. Just tear the shit down. Just get, get get what you can. Just tear it all down. Draft, and I don't know. You know, hope that you know you get. Look, as long as you throw Sam Darnold out there, you're getting the number one overall pick. So just tear it down, throw Sammy D out there. You're going to get that number one overall pick. Wow. Look, Sam Darnold gave the Jets. (laughs) Sam Darnold almost gave the Jets the number one overall pick. (laughs) Don't not forget. But then he, but then he had to go out there and fucking win. And now they, now they're stuck with Zach Wilson. He let him make it right. Let him make it right. Correct his wrongs. His past wrongs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right let's talk about other news uh you know we can't get on here without talking about dolphins i mean uh the dolphins yeah i feel every week every, every week is the dolphins week. thing we get new details everything is all about the dolphins and we it's always news it, for winning it's always about some other shit it's like and it's the guy, most ridiculous shit every time some guy snoring coke off a table another guy bullying another guy it's never for winning it's never for playoff appearances it's selling always- shares of the team for a player yeah so uh Sean Payton obviously uh I think he 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 walked away right he's like oh I'm not going to coach Yeah he retired What well, he didn't retire he just said he was going to walk away he wasn't going to was he he didn't, wasn't going to fulfill his contract he wasn't going to return to the Saints he I'm took a year sure off right he took a year <laughs> off um, I thought he retired. No, no, no. I think he just stepped away. He's like, oh, I'm not going to head coach. Um, anyway, so Sean Payton takes – he leaves the Saints for a year. Comes out. He's going to get con- – you know, 
yeah, we hear this whole story about Tom Brady gonna leave the Bucks, go to the thing. Sean Payton's gonna come in for uh, Brian Flores. His lawsuit somehow. Bill Belichick is, gets in there. I don't know how. All this shit. Wait, Sean Payton was gonna. Get Stephen Ross offered Bill Belichick two hundred billion. Anyways, Sean Payton was gonna get paid a hundred million for five years. I think it was the equivalent of. Uh, the Gruden contract, right? That Gruden got signed for the Raiders, but with less time. So essentially the same. Like, I think Gruden signed for Gruden had like Gruden had like a ten year contract. They gave yeah, Gruden the fucking email, house, something, something crazy. So, uh, but Champagne was going to get the equivalent. Um, is this revolutionary to you? Like, what, how do you feel about like hearing about this? Like, because to me, it's like it is newsworthy, but it's like he's not here. Like, obviously. Once, once they got, once think, the Dolphins got sued, that this we knew this was going to happen. This, this whole plan blew up. It's not, you know, it's okay to hear about the details about it, but I'm like, whatever. Like, See, I, for honestly, me, I find it pretty. Coach, so, what am I going to like? What is he going to do for our team? This is nothing. I just, I find it really interesting seeing like, and thinking about what could have been. Like, I think that's what's really and what was in the works and what easily could have been, like. And it's something from like you just would have never expected to happen for this team. Like I would have never thought a year ago that they were working to bring that Tom Brady was going to retire and then come out of retirement to play for the Dolphins as a way to get out of his Tampa contract. And then for Sean Payton to step away and then sign with the Dolphins and like, like, could you imagine right now having Sean Payton, Tom Brady and Tyreek Hill on the Dolphins right now. <laughs> like crazy as fuck. <laughs> and it's just like, it's wild to think like what could have been. And like, it, I, I just, I think it's just hilarious. It's like, it's always something new. And you just see all these Dolphins fans getting pissed because it's like, they look at it as like, they dropped the ball and like the, the organization dropped the ball and like, they could have had something great. Um, whether or not maybe that's the right thing to do or <clears throat> what they're doing now is now the right thing to do. Regardless of the whole Brian Flores situation, I do think it was best for the Dolphins to get rid of him. I get that wow. he's not a bad coach. Uh, I don't think if – look, you can't be a Flores fan and a Tua fan. I just don't buy that. Like you can't. You can't be both. Well, we know Brian Flores Brian, was Brian Flores was doing Tua <laughs> no help. He was giving him literally no help. Well, Brian Flores is not a defense. He's not an offensive guy. He's a defensive. Okay, coach. neither is Bill Belichick. Well, that's a bad example because Belichick never got to radio. But regardless of the fact, Brian Flores clearly didn't like Tua. He didn't want him playing. He like yes. it was. It was evident. It's the like, truth. It, this is what we can say with objective truth, like ninety percent true. He did not like Tua. He was and upset that's why Tua. I'm saying you can't be a Flores fan and a Tua fan. I think I Flores is a great coach. I don't. I think Flores is a great coach, and he's he can win you games. He is a winning coach. I just don't think he's the – to me, Flores is the type of coach where you go in there with a team that already has a quarterback and an established offensive coordinator. I I don't – and we saw it in, in Miami. He wasn't the type of coach that knew how to build an offense. And at the end of the day, I get that you're defensive-minded, but you're still a head coach at the end of the day, and you have to hire the right people that know what they're doing. Hiring that dinosaur that was Chan Gailey running your offense and the new age of football was I could have with two I, I could have told you that wasn't gonna work. Like 
And I think that was, and I, and I think if you wanted to, to succeed, you needed a guy like Mike McDaniel that you have now. I think he is the perfect, perfect coach for Tua. And that's why I think at the end of the day, it's better with Flores gone because I think for Tua to succeed and you want Tua to succeed, you needed somebody who's going to help him. Um, I don't. I don't know. I disagree. Uh, I think you can be a Flores fan and a Tua fan. Flores definitely didn't deserve to be fired. You know, I think he had a winning record. Um, maybe he didn't go deep in the playoffs. Would you expect it? Um, but or make I think the playoffs. That's, that's uh, um, but that's like a false like a. It's a, you set the standards high compared to all the previous Dolphin teams, all the previous Dolphin coaches that you had set up like. Yeah, set the standard too high for Flores, but I don't think, uh, you know, now we're hearing details of, you know, Flores was supposed to go on a boat and then Tom Brady was on the boat and they were supposed to talk and then Flores is like, nah, fuck that. I don't like you hear all these details. So, like, you know, Flores uh, wasn't down with uh, whatever plan. I'm not sure what Flores Ross. wanted. I don't yeah. like that was the thing that confused me. He wanted Watson. That's that can... apparently what he wanted. See, <laughs> but what, what? Like, I mean, like, you see what I mean? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, I just don't feel like he. I look, he is an amazing defensive mind and he will win you games. But like just as obviously, I don't know how much of this is true, but just stuff that I'm hearing, the offensive decisions that were made were just terrible. Like I like I I I don't get it. Like I and and that's just my point of it. It's like you're doing no sort of help for Tua. You gave him no sort of reinsurance. This whole season, you're talking about Watson. You're clearly pushing for Watson. I mean, it was kind of evident he was pushing for Watson. And then you're, we're, you're, yeah, like you said, being put on a boat with Tom Brady to come. And you're like, no, nah, like what, like what do you want? Like you've worked with Brady. You know what he's like. Like, and if, and if anything, that's the quarterback you kind of want. Like what I mentioned, you want somebody who's an established quarterback who knows what they're doing and doesn't need to be developed. And I don't know. Like it was just like the, when it comes to the offense, I, I just felt like as a head coach, you need to be able to do both. And there was there was such a lack of offensive knowledge. And I get that Dolphins fans were excited because he was winning games for you guys. But he was winning games for you guys because of the defensive standpoint. And that will only take you so well, that's, far. That's his specialty. Ask Saxonville. Ask Saxonville that. <laughs> it would only take you so far. So we'll see. Um, we want to talk about uh, uh, Tyreek Hill going on a podcast. Yeah, we'll stay on the we'll Dolphins. Talk about Tua. Since we're talking about Tua, let's <laughs> talk about Tyreek Hill. Bro, Tyreek Hill, he has been the ultimate Tua hype listen, man. Listen, <laughs> this is a guy you want, in your, you want him in the trenches with you, okay? You know what? And I respect him. Like, man. I really, I really respect Tyreek Hill. He is going above and beyond to like help out his boy Tua. I don't know if they had like a deep talk or something. Tua got in his so. feelings, and he was like, "Yo, man, I just, I just need some help, man. Like, I just need some <laughs> help." Like, I don't know if that happened. And then Tyreek's like, he's just gonna be a boy, and he's just gonna do it for him. But like, man, shout out to Tyreek Hill for going above and beyond to help it. This man said. That Tua has the prettiest balls he's ever seen. Wow. Says he has the prettiest balls he's ever seen. Wow. No homo. And he is more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. Oof. 
bro. Is there truth to that statement? Is there truth, bro? The next ten years, dynasty. (laughs) The 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 Tua analyst, (laughs) the Tua analyst. Do you listen? The Tua expert uh, is he more accurate than Patrick Mahomes? I am part of hashtag. Yes or no? Tua non. Yes or no? Go one, we go all. Um, to, listen, man, it's hard. It's on. tough. I haven't seen a pregame. I haven't seen this guy throw. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. We can practice. Okay. That looks great. What are you going to do against the Bills? That, that's my question. What are no. you going to do Gabe. against Gabe. the Bills? In the I past two seasons, play. in the past two seasons, has Tua thrown a more accurate ball than Patrick Mahomes? I mean, obviously it's ridiculous, but listen. <laughs> It's ridiculous to say this, but you know he's got to stick up for his guy, right? <clears throat> he got traded for this team, so obviously you want to go into. I like the how you won't say yes or no. <laughs> it's a ridiculous statement. Um, so whatever, man, it, it's fine. Like it's just all talk. There's no, there's no games being played. There's no stats. I had no stats uh, of Tyreek Hill off this podcast. Like what, 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 what am I gonna say? Um. I think this is a make-or-break season for Tua going into the season, right? Because we've seen him half a oh, season. Yeah. He's injured. He gets started. He don't start. You have the Fitz, Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, yeah. So, like, this season, if everything goes well, he doesn't have any injuries, and we get a full season of Tua, I think this is a make-or-break season for Tua because And now, you got rid of the guy who didn't want you. Yeah. Who didn't want him. So, and you you, know, you get help. You get Tyreek Hill. They secure Gusicki uh, with a franchise. Coach. Yeah. Got a brand-new coach. Everything is looking up for Tua. There's, there's, there should be no excuses for Tua going forward. Um, so I think this is. A I remember that. I'm a, we're gonna clip this. Go ahead. I'm That's fine. Game say it's no make a break. Excuses. No more excuses. No more excuses. Like you're getting all the help should, and support you need. Although the the you know Stephen Ross doesn't like you. He wanted Tom Brady. He doesn't. He didn't want you. He was gonna go get Watson for Brian Flores. He gave you help. So. Excuses I think the only the one winner. that liked Tua We're all in on Tua. We're all in on Tua. So, um, you you gotta you gotta perform. You gotta be you gotta be special. Um, you can't just be average. Uh, going into the season, it's gonna be tough this year. You know, like I said, the Bills are the biggest the biggest uh, hump to go over in the division. You gotta be good. Um, you know, uh, as far as uh, what's his name? What about Mike? the Patriots? Did Mike you guys Daniel? go one and one against the Patriots? We always split with the Patriots. We always win the last game in December. Some weird Hail Mary or some shit. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, make a break for Tua. I think maybe Mike McDaniel, this being his first year, maybe he covers for Tua, being his first year as a coach. You might get New one or offense. two out of Tua, but this is, for me, this is make a break. Like, it's like, come on, dude. I was like, we I now think it we depends have to be, how. Have to be I think it depends. Depends how bad or how good he plays, depending if he I think if he just goes out there and bombs and he looks just bad, then yeah, he's done. I think if he looks average, then they're like, okay, maybe let's give him his fourth year on his contract. At the end of the year, he's gonna play at the end of the day, he's gonna play out of his rookie contract. Whether he starts or not is one thing. But this is also really big for him, too, because we also gotta look at this as a contract year because Coming after this upcoming year with his third season, after that year, they're gonna be his uh his fifth year options gonna be on the line. And if he wants that fifth year option where he's gonna get more money and more security um long term, he needs to perform this year. Like it's like your third year is huge. Like like your second year is supposed to be your big jump, but then your third year, by the time a, a, 
a quarterback hits his third year, you should be pushing for – you should be going on playoff runs. Playoffs shouldn't even be a question. You should be – like it shouldn't even be a question. And uh, you should be pushing for Super Bowls by your third year at least. Like – so like I, I think it, it – dep- if he has an average year, he's going to keep on going. But like he's also playing for his contract and his, his life. Like he – I think he knows too the pressure. But Yeah. Shout out to Tyree Kill for having his back at least. Like I, I, I him going above and beyond. Okay. This is all hype season, you know. We gotta hype people up, you know, in the off season. Like I said, I'll, I'll wait till I see a game played and then I'll, I'll tell you my opinions on it. Uh, let's end with uh, Golden Tate. Golden Tate leaving the NFL. I think last team he was with was it the Giants or what was, what was the last team he was with? Uh, <clears throat> Seahawks, I believe. No, 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 no. He got he left. He left there. I think he was with the Giants. Uh, anyways, Golden Tate. Uh, living Titans. out his dream. I believe he joined a summer league. It was like the Portland. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm making up a scene. It was called like the Lefties or something. It's like the Portland State Lefties. Some kind of collegiate. You're right. It was the Giants. Uh, he joins a summer baseball league, saying he wants to outlive his dream as a baseball player. Julian, do you think he's making a mistake? A career mistake? Leaving football. <clears throat> um. I think from a financial standpoint, he has a terrible mistake. Wow. But if he but if he feels comfortable with where he's at and you know what, it's like, fuck it. I want to try to play some baseball before I get too old to where I can't. Then yeah, I mean, let's be real, Golden Tate has been kind of on the downtick of his career for the past few years. Um it looks like his last season was twenty twenty. I guess he didn't play last year. Um, the Giants, like you said, the Giants uh, cut him. Played for the Seahawks, Lions, and Giants. Um, so he didn't play uh, a whole lot last year. So, you know, somebody like you would imagine somebody would have picked him up. So he clearly didn't look good. I'm not a Golden Tate connoisseur. Like I don't know everything about the man, but um, I'm assuming he didn't play that well that final season. And he's just looking at like realistically, maybe he had no offers going out there. And it's like, well, I mean, if you don't have any offers going out there and you feel pretty good financially, why not go out there and try to play baseball? I did find out that he was actually drafted twice out of high school. Um, he was drafted out of high No, he was, I take that back. He was drafted twice. Once out of high school, he was drafted. I don't understand baseball draft at all. He was drafted in the 42nd round of the 2007 draft. The 42nd round? Like, how many goddamn rounds is there? Like 50. Um, and then, and then um, he was drafted by the San Francisco Giants out of college in the 50th round because he also played uh, – baseball while he was at Notre Dame alongside football. So he's drafted in the 42nd and the 50th round. Um, so he's not new to baseball. He's not trying to pull a Tim Tebow out here. Never yeah. played baseball before. Uh, Jordan never played baseball before. And this is just a passion thing. I don't, I think some people are looking too much into this. Like, I don't think he's like trying to like go pro um, like Jordan and, uh, Tebow was. I think he's just going out there, just like you know. I don't even think he looks at his like professional. I think he just looks at this as just like some rec league. Like you know, I'm just gonna go out here, and make like twenty grand a year, 
just playing baseball. Like these guys don't even play baseball for full time. This isn't even fine. like a minor yeah. league. It's yeah, not even it's minor a minor league. league. It's, it's a summer league for yeah. college players, so they can you know get reps in. Um, it's fine. Like it's it's not a big deal. Like who cares? He wants to live out his dream. He wants to play baseball. Let him play baseball. Obviously, he's not playing football, so it's not like he's uh, training for minicamp or some shit. Um, it's fine. Uh, yeah. If you know anything about Golden Tate, Golden Tate's super confidence guy. Like he, uh, uh, maybe confidence above his ability, maybe. Um, <laughs> but he's productive. He's a productive, productive, you know, player in the NFL. He's, he's fine. It's, you know, I mean, I'm not saying like he's a superstar. Like uh, this guy's gonna be Hall of Famer, but you know, he's productive. Was productive guy. Super confident. Yeah, he was in one Pro Bowl, and then yeah, he was always a number two. If I had a chance to go to baseball, like right now, I would try. Because, you know, baseball, your careers are longer. So, you know, whatever. You just go play. You see, you know, you have fun. You go out. You meet people. Maybe you put a... Gabe, would you leave your job right now to go play for the uh, lefties? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, it's fine. Whatever. No, would you? You would 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 leave your job right now to go... Uh, right now, I mean, if they yeah. wanted me to get there, if I, if I it's a summer league, so they're probably playing for fun. It's not for cash money. Yeah, it's not like a triple A team or something. It's a semi pro kind of league. Yeah, um, I thought he could at least get into some sort of minor league team. I didn't, I, and that's what I thought it was. I thought he got into a minor league team, but yeah, I saw it was just a summer. Like when I saw the summer league, thing, I'm like, is this even like? The dude just sounds retired. Like he sounds like he's retired and just playing beer league. Like it sounds like, but I guess it's, I looked into it. Yeah, you said it's like some college. It's like for college yeah. players to play or something like when fall. They get ball reps and in. You, know, you go over. pitch, you go hit, you you still stay busy in the off season. You know, obviously we're in the middle of summer, school's out. So, um, hey, you know, maybe you this is prep. a maybe this is a warm up season for a shot at a single A team. Who knows. I'm sure some team out there will give him some team in like fucking some minor Idaho. league team is gonna guy him just to get the guy so you have a yeah guy. Like, some oh, some on. single A minor league team in Boise Idaho is gonna give him a shot some like some shit I don't know <laughs> Sunbeamers <laughs> the uh, River Cats yeah. like <laughs> but that that'll be it I think that covers it for this weekend I mean yeah I'm still hyped there's other stuff going on like we'll see tonight like I said Celtics play tonight. UFC is coming up. UFC 276. We talked about it a little bit earlier, yeah. but we'll be looking forward to that. The signs I'll be fighting. Any of the sports, we got it right here. I'm your boy Gabe. That's Julian. Real Fast Podcast. Where can they find? Where can the people find us? Where like they're looking for us? So where can they find us? They can find us anywhere you get podcasts. If you find us on YouTube, which more than likely have, we're anywhere we get podcasts: Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, so on and so forth. There's a couple other ones out there that I guess some people use, like internationally. I never heard of them. I think Overcast, but regardless, we're on it. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to check out our socials, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, I'm trying to get the Facebook going. I've been posting on there, so guys, go check out that content. All right, we appreciate all the downloads, all the subscriptions, all the views. We appreciate y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Hopefully, we'll have JoJo here next week. We'll be talking about more about sports, MLB, NHL, all this stuff. That's the news. That's Damn. telling me I got to go. I got to go. I'm sorry. It's the rigging. All my bells rigging. Oh, it's got to go. Sorry. <laughs>